0: It's May 7th, and this is the Reading Through the Bible Together podcast. This is the podcast where we, together as a community, are reading through the one-year Bible plan in the New Living Translation. My name is Blake, and I am honored that you would spend some time with me today in God's Word. We're going to be starting a new Old Testament book today in our reading, and that is the book of 1 Samuel. We're going to be in chapter... 1, verse 1 through chapter 2, verse 21. There was a man named Elikai who lived in Ramah in the region of Zuth, in the hill country of Ephraim. He was the son of Jerahom, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuth of Ephraim. Eliakai had two wives, Hannah and Peniah. Peniah had children, but Hannah did not. Each year, Eliakai would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas. On the days Eliakai presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Peniah and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion, because the Lord had given her no children, so Peniah would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Panaya would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Eliakai would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having ten sons? <laughs> this guy has some ego problems. Like uh, you don't need kids. I'm like I'm worth ten kids. Verse nine. Don't ever say that to your to your wife, guys. Don't 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 try to equate yourself with other people. Just don't think that's gonna go well. Verse nine. Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord, and she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her lips moving but hearing no sound, he thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded, throw away your wine. "'Oh, no, sir,' she replied. "'I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, "'but I am very discouraged, "'and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. "'Don't think I am a wicked woman, "'for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. "'In that case,' Eli said, "'go in peace. "'May the God of Israel grant the request "'you have asked of him.' "'Oh, thank you, sir,' she exclaimed. "'Then she went back and began to eat again, "'and she was no longer sad.' The entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord. Once more, then they returned home to Ramah. When Eliakha slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea, and in due time she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. The next year, Eliakha and his family went on their annual trip to offer a sacrifice to the Lord and to keep his vow. But Hannah did not go. She told her husband, Wait until the boy is weaned. Then I will take him to the tabernacle and leave him there with the Lord permanently. Whatever you think is best, Elikah agreed. Stay here for now, and may the Lord help you keep your promise. So she stayed home and nursed the boy until he was weaned. When the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought along a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and a basket, a flour, and some wine. After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. I am the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy, and he has granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshipped the Lord there. Chapter 2 Then Hannah prayed. My heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Stop acting so proud and haughty. Don't speak with such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows what you have done. He will judge your actions. The bow of the mighty is now broken, and those who stumble are now strong. Those who are well fed are now starving, and those who were starving are now full. The childless woman now has seven children, and the woman with many children wastes away. The Lord gives both death and life. He brings some down to the grave, but raises others up. The Lord makes some poor and others rich. He brings down some and lifts others up. He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes, placing them in seats of honor. For all the earth is the Lord's, and he has set the world in order. And really, that's the point of the Bible, um, is that God is resetting everything in order. So you see here, everything's flipped upside down on its head. Like, the the rich are poor, the poor are rich. Everything is is made right. Uh, That's the theme of the Bible. So in the beginning, Genesis, everything is right. Sin enters into the world, and everything is flipped upside down, and now everything is wrong. Jesus comes, and what does he say when he comes? Jesus' proclamation of the good news is that the kingdom of God is now here, that Jesus has come to set things right. And that's what he does. He lives a perfect, righteous life, and then he dies the death you deserve, uh, and then he rises again victoriously, defeating sin and death and paying fully, culminating uh, the wrath of God on your behalf so that you might be set right, that in Jesus you can be made whole again. And we await the day, the glorious day, the future hope in which Jesus comes back, not as a suffering servant, but as a glorious king who will ultimately and totally restore everything to the way it's supposed to be. This is the gospel message, and you can join in this gospel message simply through believing in it, trusting that Jesus is who he says he is, repenting. That means to turn from your wisdom to Jesus's wisdom, to no longer live as the king or queen of your own life, but to allow Jesus to be the king or Uh, you know, the the leader of your life. Verse 9. He will protect his faithful ones, but the wicked will disappear in darkness. No one will succeed by strength alone. Those who fight against the Lord will be shattered. He thunders against them from heaven. The Lord judges throughout the earth. He gives power to his king. He increases the strength of his anointed one. Then Eliakal returned home to Ramah without Samuel and the boy served the Lord by assisting Eli the priest. Now, the sons of Eli were scoundrels who had no respect for the Lord or for their duties as priests. Whenever anyone offered a sacrifice, Eli's sons would send over a servant with a three-pronged fork, while the meat of the sacrificed animal was still boiling. The servant would stick the fork into the pot and demand that whatever it brought up be given to Eli's sons. All the Israelites who came to worship at Shiloh were treated this way. Sometimes the servant would come even before the animal's fat had been burned on the altar. He would demand raw meat before it had been boiled so that it could be used for roasting. The man offering the sacrifice might reply, Take as much as you want, but the fat must be burned first. Then the servant would demand, No, give it to me now or I'll take it by force. So the sin of these young men was very serious in the Lord's sight, for they treated the Lord's offerings with contempt. But Samuel, though he was only a boy, served the Lord. He wore a linen garment like that of a priest. Each year his mother made a small coat for him and brought it to him when she came with her husband for the sacrifice. Before they returned home, Eli would bless Eliacah and his wife and say, May the Lord give you other children to take the place of this one she gave to the Lord. And the Lord blessed Hannah, and she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. And that concludes our Old Testament reading for today. Moving on to the New Testament, John chapter 5, verses 1 through 23. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the Sheep Gate, was the pool of Bethsaida, with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath, so the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, You can't work on the Sabbath. The law doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. But he replied, The man who healed me told me, Pick up your mat and walk. Who says such a thing as that? They demanded. The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterward Jesus found him in the temple and told him, Now you are well, so stop sinning, or something even worse may happen to you. Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had healed him. So, the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. But Jesus replied, My father is always working, and so am I. So, the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. For he not only broke the Sabbath, he called God his father, thereby making himself equal with God. So, Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him everything he is doing. In fact, the father will show him how to do even greater works than healing this man. Then you will be truly astonished. For just as the father gives life to those he raises from the dead, so the son gives life to anyone he wants. In addition, the father judges no one. Instead, he has given the son absolute authority to judge so that everyone will honor the son just as they honor the father. Anyone who does not honor the Son is certainly not honoring the Father who sent him. That concludes our New Testament reading. Now moving on to the proverb of the day. It's Proverbs 14, verses 28 through 29. A growing population is a king's glory. A prince without subjects has nothing. People with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. And now we will move on to our psalm of the day. We're going to finish Psalm 105, verses 37 through 45. And it's a, it's finally a manageable amount to pray through as we go through. So I'm going to pray, and I would encourage you to pray as the Lord would lead you as we pray through this psalm together. The Lord brought his people out of Egypt, loaded with silver and gold, and not one among the tribes of Israel even stumbled. Egypt was glad when they were gone, for they feared them greatly. The Lord spread a cloud above them as a covering and gave them a great fire to light the darkness. Lord, we thank you that you've given us uh, Jesus, who the Gospel of John, which we're reading now, refers to him as the light. He is the one who illuminates the path for us. Uh, Lord, the world is dark, and uh, on our own, we don't know where to go. And oftentimes, the paths we head down are paths that lead to death. And yet, through Jesus, we have a path illuminated for us that leads to life. And Lord, you call us to be lights, as we seek to imitate Jesus, Lord, that we might illuminate the paths for others to find you and to ultimately find that which is life. Verse 40, they asked for meat and he sent them quail. He satisfied their hunger with manna, bread from heaven. He split open a rock and water gushed out to form a river through the dry wasteland. For he remembered his sacred promise to his servant Abraham. So he brought his people out of Egypt with joy, his chosen ones with rejoicing. Yes, Lord, let me be a person who is rejoicing as you have brought me out of greater slavery than the slavery that the Israelites were in Egypt. You brought me out of the slavery of sin. It was a grip on me that I could not defeat by myself. And yet through you, Lord, I have power because you have defeated it. You've exhausted its power. You have reigned victorious over it. And you've promised that through you and your Holy Spirit, I can have the desire and the power to overcome it uh, and thus overcome death. Uh, Lord, because of what you've done on my behalf. So, this is verse 43. So he brought his people out of Egypt with joy, his chosen chosen ones with rejoicing. He gave his people the lands of pagan nations, and they harvested crops that others had planted. All this happened so they would follow his decrees and obey his instructions. Praise the Lord. Yes, Lord, we praise you for what you've done, and thank you for your decrees and commands, not because we have to follow them, but because we get to. We believe that they lead to life. Thank you for Jesus, who has paid the penalty that I was supposed to pay, who has sent me his Holy Spirit to empower me for a life of mission, and has given me a glorious hope that I, too, one day will resurrect into new creation, just as he did. Lord, we love you, and we praise you. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me for today's reading, and I hope to see you back here tomorrow as we spend another day reading through the Bible together.